Welcome to an incomplete guide to world domination, a podcast by creators for creators, because together we can take over the world. I'm your host, Brianna Toiber. I've never heard like your voice outside of your podcast, so I'm picturing John Spacer and I'm like, <laughs> this is going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Such a good show, though. When do we get season two? Oh, thank you. Uh, season two is not till early next year, like March, maybe. Ah, so long. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Before I completely forget, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Vince Dijani. I am an audio drama creator, writer, and lover of a lot of nerdy stuff. So I'm here to talk to you today. <laughs> All right. So when did you first get into audio dramas? It was only about a year ago. Yeah, I want to say... June of last year, so it was pretty recently. That's impressive. Is that making them or listening to them? No, that was listening to them. I actually uh, was really, really against, well, not against, but like I was not into podcasts about a year ago, maybe let's say like a year and a half ago now, since we're in October already. Jeez. Did that happen? I know. It went so fast. About a year and a half ago, I was just like, oh, no, podcasts aren't for me. You know, they're kind of three guys sitting around a microphone talking about something that I don't really care about listening to. So <laughs> I was not really into them. And uh, my buddy and I, um, my buddy, AK, who you know, uh, obviously. I know. Yeah. So he's interesting. He, he is interesting. <laughs> he's a good guy, though. Uh, he and I were working on some projects together, uh, looking to get into like YouTube and that kind of stuff. Um, and he was like, hey, what about this podcast called Limetown? Have you ever listened to it? And we were like, no, not really. So we listened to it um, and decided that we were going to do kind of like a review show uh, for fiction podcasts. So we started doing uh, for the plot cast, which was like our we'll sit down and it'll be three dudes talking about something that most people don't care about. So we actually fit <laughs> right into that role. Um, but we fell in love with audio dramas. And so uh, we've listened to a couple hundred by now uh and we're on i think episode like 60 something of the reviews and we don't review every single one we listen to but you know most of them we do and so we've just been doing that and then uh after maybe i want to say maybe six months of doing it i was like i wonder if we could make one of these because that would be a lot of fun and like i love creating stuff i'm a writer uh ak always wanted to be involved in something like that too so uh we just kind of sat down one day and decided that we were going to try to make an audio drama and so the rest is history, and it's a long, confusing, kind of scary history, but we made it. I feel like that's accurate for most people that create audio dramas. So yeah. what all creative projects did you work on before you got sucked down this particular rabbit hole? Um, so I have been writing fiction for years now. Uh, I was big into horror, actually. Um, that's so surprising. I, I, yeah. <laughs> How I Died is not that scary. It's just a little morbid. <laughs> Uh, but so I, I loved uh, horror fiction and like medical shows and crime dramas and all that kind of stuff. So I was really into them for a while, uh, but I'd never tried to write anything outside of horror. Um, and so uh, AK and I actually worked together on a magazine, like a gaming magazine for a little while. Oh, hold on. My dog is stuck. <laughs> Girl, back up. Back up. What is your dog stuck in and how did she get stuck and what 
uh, I have a little space in between my uh, laptop and my mic or my computer and my mic and she walked by it and got her foot stuck on one of the cords and now she's standing next to me like she doesn't know what to do there you go there you go girly uh so sorry you, what was i saying you were um, making a magazine yeah so ak and i were making a gaming magazine uh with a couple other people for a little while we did that for maybe two years um and didn't really see any path going forward with it and so that was when he and i were just like let's try doing some streaming and youtube and like you know, follow that kind of mainstream path that everybody wants to try. So we got into it for a little while, maybe only like three months of it. And we were just both like, yeah, this isn't really for us. So led to podcasting. And I think we found a home that we're much more comfortable in. Yeah, I actually took a stab at streaming myself. I got a decent following, but not a huge audience. And <laughs> It's one of those, I might pick it back up, but right now I have a bunch of games I've been wanting to replay that you can't, that I can't stream, so mm-hmm. I'm just playing it anyway. Yeah, there you go. It's more fun anyway. I feel like I wouldn't like to uh, be like turned on all the time, you know, live and entertaining and all that while I'm enjoying some games. It's, it's a lot more enjoyable when you don't have to feel like you're just sitting there talking to yourself the whole time. And good thing about podcasting is... Editing is a thing, and it's so much easier than video editing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is a lot easier than video editing. And, like, I can talk in front of a microphone, no problem. But if I'm in front of a camera, I just, like, get stiff. (laughs) There are plenty of videos of me on YouTube trying to do that kind of stuff, and I just look like a a weird, pale zombie. (laughs) So where did you get the idea for How I Died or... Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that got started? How I Died um, follows John Spacer, who is a forensic pathologist with the ability to speak to ghosts. And so he uses that uh, in his cases to try to help solve murders and other crimes that happen around this strange little town, right? So the idea really came from my love for both medical and drama crime TV shows. Uh, I really love things like Bones and House is probably my favorite show of all time. Um, and just like really looking and at the genre for uh, audio drama, there really wasn't anything that kind of filled that niche, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of like space. There's a little bit of mystery. Um, I don't think I found any other real like medical style dramas although ours isn't 100 percent accurate because you know why would it be but <laughs> much more fun when you get to make up your own rules for how things work yeah plus there's from what i've listened to I'm like yeah it's not 100 percent sound but it's very entertaining yeah. <laughs> thank you so yeah um originally ak and i were working on a different project um and the different project was it's actually a sci-fi comedy Ooh. And I, I really, we really, really love the project and it's still in development today. It's going to come out eventually, but uh, we decided to take a step back from that one first because I thought that it needed to be like perfect when we put it out. You know, I really want it to be high quality. I want it to be punchy with all the comedy and right on the nose and all that kind of stuff so that it was really effective and enjoyable for everybody. And like being our first audio drama, I was really worried that, um, you know, we weren't going to be able to provide that high quality sound. Uh, we weren't really going to know how to edit all this stuff together, uh, how to get actors and actresses to 
fill that role with like the com- the comedic timing and everything. And so I was personally really worried that the show wasn't going to be as good just because we were inexperienced with it. So I had told AK and I said, you know, why don't we try a different audio drama first? Just something to get our feet wet. And it can be an easy kind of single season, um, just jump in, test it out figure out how the process works and then we can go on to make the show that we really want. And so uh, he was like, okay, that's fine, but you're going to have to plan it all because I'm still thinking about the other show, the the sci-fi comedy. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. (laughs) Um, And so we had this conversation and then the very next day, AK likes to joke that I came back to him and I was like, so here's an entire season uh, with every thought point planned out and ready to go. Uh, That's not really how it happened, but that's what he likes to tell people. I wouldn't be too surprised. Sometimes like I've had that happen where it's like, just that one piece clicks and you're like, oh, hey, look, I have the next three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of um, a slower process. I brought him this idea originally for a mortician that could talk to ghosts and just kind of like listen to people's life story to help them as they were, um, you know, going on to the great beyond kind of thing. Uh, and I was like, you know, it's not a bad idea, but it sounds like a more boring version of the bright sessions and i I didn't want to make yeah it's good but i didn't want to make a more boring version of it you know (laughs) (laughs) so i was like what can we what can we do with this to like really make it more interesting and so i thought about all the stuff that i love to write and love to watch and i was just like why don't we make it a murder mystery uh like sci-fi murder mysterious town uh lots of people dying all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, so we took the idea and i made the main character john a little bit younger initially he was supposed to be like an older mortician like 30s 40s even 50s there wasn't even going to be a secondary like character in in the sheriff or any like mysterious town or anything like that he was just going to kind of be in the lab the whole time Uh, So that was the original idea. And then I just took it and kind of ran with it with this crime twist. Um, And from there, that might be when I actually went back and was just like, here's the whole season. (laughs) How, like, how long did it take you to go from having the idea to like starting and producing it when you, and then when you launched the first season? So the first episode actually launched nine months after we started working on it, which is a really long time. But we were in production for quite a while. Uh, I finished the scripts probably around this time last year. Um, And then from there, we worked on it a little bit and we recorded a little bit and we had this base idea for things. Uh, We also had an audio engineer that was working with us on the actual production and he was supposed to put everything together. But once we got the files all together and passed it over to him, uh, you know, there wasn't really any progress made. He was working a full-time job. I was working a full-time job. And so it was just kind of like, we'll do this when we can. And it was taking a little bit too long and it wasn't really good. It wasn't interesting. And so we ended up parting ways. um, And then I kind of took it under my own wing to try to figure out how to how to do this. I didn't have any experience with audio editing or anything like that. Um, I went to school for English Lit. So <laughs> this is all kind of unfamiliar territory to me. And once I started working on it myself, I really got into like the weeds and figured out how each thing works and how sound plays off each other. And then that's when I really took a look back at the scripts and said, the scripts are not up to par with how good I want to make this 
sound, you know? Mm -hmm. So I went back through and reworked a large portion of the plot, added some additional plots here and there, different characters, reworked a lot of stuff like that, tried to really amp up the mystery. And then once I had those new scripts, it had been probably close to four months of me practicing audio editing and trying to figure all this stuff out so that I could put it together. And then once all of that came together, we started recording again with a new cast. And then when we got those files in, I was able to put everything together within probably like three or four months. And then we aired. And I wanted to make sure that we had every episode completely done uh, before the first episode aired. Because I, I hear about podcasts all the time that, you know, they start working on something and then something pops up or they're working episode to episode every week. Um, and I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to have it all ready to go ahead of time so that we could just kind of put it out there and not worry and scramble each week, but rather really focus on trying to get the word out and trying to get people to listen. Speaking from experience, episode to episode is a slightly stressful way to do it, especially when you're doing yeah, two by yourself, because <laughs> I can't do anything the easy way. So you said you did all you did all this on top of having a full time job. Yes, uh, yeah. So I'm still working my full time job while doing this too. Uh, it's going to be a, probably a long time, if ever, that I'm able to actually quit and do this kind of stuff full time. But it would be the dream. So what is your day job? I don't know if I've ever asked. Yeah, so I am in uh, digital content creation. So like I do have some experience with video editing and uh, website design and all that kind of stuff. It's like the marketing side of it. So, you know, I work on websites and make videos and Photoshop images and all that kind of stuff. So well, similar to the area I'm in, except for I do more on the writing side and less on the graphic side, although I'm pretty decent at it in Canva. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done any writing for my actual job in a while, but I do it on the side so that makes up for it. So you started with that, and then at what point did you get your... Because you ha basically have a company of your own, right? Yes, uh, the company is Audio Media. So when did that start? What's the story behind that? So I had always wanted to run my own business, um, and I had actually started a company back in 2013. Um, so the first company I made right out of uh, college was just like a like a ghost writing and website development kind of company. And I did that for a little while on the side with my uh, business partner at the time. And he and I were able to end up to, to sell the company. Um, we didn't really make much money from it because, you know, we were kind of small, but we were competition with someone else. And then they decided to buy us out. And once they bought us out, that's when I was like, OK, I can probably uh, start another one and, you know, actually run this effectively. So when I got into audio dramas and we started recording podcasts and all that kind of stuff, I was like, I really feel at home with this. And I wanted to do both video and audio production. But the more we got into the audio drama and podcast side, the more I was like, no, the podcast stuff is good with me. I, I love it. I'm good at it. So you know, I guess I, I just started the company. It's so much easier too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot easier. You don't, you don't have to do like visually cover up all the cuts and Exporting an hour video that's going to turn your computer into a brick for a couple of hours. <laughs> Doing that with audio, five or ten minutes, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I definitely do want to get back into video production. Um, I don't have a ton of experience uh, with like high end video editing. I'm more on like the producing side and like helping people plan and figure out what they need to do and then telling them where they can make edits to make it look better. Um, so I would love to get back into that at some point. But for right now, I'm happy producing audio because it's, it's a ton of fun. 
When did you start that though? And how's that gone so far? We launched Audiome. Wow, that was over a year ago too. It was March of uh, 2018. So we've been in quote unquote business for a year, but we haven't put anything out until obviously this year uh, with the first mm-hmm. production being How I Died really. Um, and then after that, as soon as How I Died aired, um, we started looking for clients to do some custom podcasts and audio dramas for. Uh, so right now we're working with three different clients on custom audio dramas, which is a lot of fun. Um, I'm helping to direct, cast, and produce these while doing a little bit of audio editing here and there. Uh, my specialty is in Foley work. Uh, I'm not that great with mastering and EQ, so I've been able to find some other people who are freelancers that I've been lucky enough to work with. Uh, So right now, it's just me and the company, but I am managing all these different products or projects uh, so that we can eventually hire an audio engineer full-time. How do you even find clients for that? I didn't realize there was a big market for people looking for people to do that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like base podcasting stuff out there, right? Like everybody has a podcast and nobody actually wants to put any time into editing it. So if you find a bunch of people that have, are already have ones established and uh, you go up to them and say, hey, I can make it sound a lot better for about uh, $40 a week. Some people will laugh at you and then other ones will sign up and say, hey, that's not a bad deal, whatever, let's do it. Uh, and then from there, once we established a little bit of a base like that, Um, I started approaching people who were either displaying interest in potentially starting a podcast or uh, someone who had a medium that would already work for something else. For example, I'm working with an author right now who wants to adapt a novel into an audio drama. So we're working through the actual scripts and getting that all produced, uh, casting for it and, you know, turning it into an audio drama. So it's been really cool. Dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it's been a ton of fun. I am super duper busy uh, working pretty much every night from like 8 p.m. till midnight. Uh, So really busy. On top of your day job. Yep, and my wife and family, so. Yeah, I imagine that's a lot to juggle. What have been some of the challenges that you've faced sort of teaching yourself how to do audio production? Oh, man, the list is huge. (laughs) Just go for it. We've got time. (laughs) <laughs> I think uh, the first one was figuring out, I, to this day, the biggest one for me is figuring out what bands, when EQing, actually make things sound better, right? So mm-hmm. if you're listening to something and you're like, yeah, this makes it sound better, and then you change something too much or change it not enough, uh, it doesn't actually work the way that you want it to. So figuring out that ear for it has been one of the major challenges, especially for me, because I don't have any training in this kind of stuff. But I do have a lot of experience with the project management and the production side. So that part has been a lot easier, Uh, especially as we've been working on more and more projects. I'm able to work with people that already know the EQ and the mastering and all that. So it's more about just like figuring out the layouts and all that on my end, which for some reason has just made sense to me. Like the Foley part has been the most fun, I think, putting sound effects in. I think uh, budget has been a big problem for, you know, a lot of audio dramas and indie creators because you obviously want to pay people and like to get a good quality product, you have to get people that have good quality microphones, which are usually professionals who want to be paid for their time. Uh, So it's been a lot of like using my day job to fund this stuff on the side, (laughs) uh, which has always been, you know, kind of a a little bit of a struggle. I think I, I just really don't like 
how hosting works for podcasts either. I think it's kind of silly. Uh, I mean, we've got YouTube out there that's hosting millions and millions of videos for free for everybody, but podcast hosts want to cost uh, charge you like seven to twenty dollars a month for just the audio. So yeah, strange, but whatever. Although with YouTube, it only has it in the one place, and with the podcast host, you could argue that um, like with Libsyn, it distributes it to all the places. Yeah, but it would be much better if there was only one place to go get all of your podcasts. That is very true. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. No, it's definitely not going to happen. Um, discoverability, obviously, is a huge one because of that. Like, There are so many podcasts out there right now, and there's so many good audio dramas and more and more being created. So trying to figure out how to get yours in front of other people is a huge, huge challenge. Yeah, especially if you have a common name. I've been having issues with Tales of Adventure, like, if mm -hmm. you look it up on Spotify, because it does publish there. If you look it up on Spotify, if you just look up Tales of Adventure, you can't find it anywhere. I think I don't think you can find either. Oh, well, yeah. no, I think you can find it this one on there, but that's because there's literally no other podcast with the same name. <laughs> but um, you have to look up if you you have to look up pseudonym social to be able to find Tales of Adventure yep. on Spotify and. Yeah, I actually, I actually tried it. So. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, it's still not showing up on Google Podcasts for whatever reason. I don't remember if I fixed that or not. Weird. It's a giant pain in the butt. Yeah, it really is. So, what advice? Like, what starting point would you say? Would you recommend for someone who's looking to learn more about sort of sound design, fully work EQ, as you mentioned? who literally has no idea what EQ means, like me. Yeah, so that's a big one. Um, there are a lot of great resources out there for when you know the terminology and you know what you're supposed to be doing. You can find tutorials on like little tricks and things here and there, but starting out has always been a really big problem. Um, and I don't think there's anything currently out there that actually fills the gap for uh, you know, first timers looking to make their own audio drama from scratch, um, which myself and uh, a buddy of mine who goes by the podcast doctor um, have decided to start a podcast teaching people how to make audio dramas um, from the very first thing, like what is reverb? Why is it important? How do you move sound from left to right? Uh, and so we're actually starting a podcast called Soundscaping. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's featuring uh, all of his lessons because he's been doing audio editing for 10 years. Uh, and it's featuring a uh, friend of mine, Shayna Waring from How I Died, uh, because she wants to learn how to do all that. So she's uh, working with the podcast doctor to, you know, learn through these lessons. So it's going to be really interesting. It should be coming out pretty soon. We've got a couple lessons planned so far. Nice. I would also be interested to help. I've helped people who are experts on things figure out how to teach it to stuff teach it to people who have no idea what they're talking about before mm -hmm. yeah for sure also i feel like i need all the help i can get <laughs> yeah usually if people are really like in the weeds and they know everything like the back of their hand trying to explain it to somebody who has no idea what's going on is always really hard so we wanted to kind of pair this expert with 10 years in audio editing with someone who's just starting out so i think it's going to be good for literally anybody within that range who's trying to learn something new about audio drama production yeah because from what i can tell podcasting and specifically audio drama is doing that 
professionally is still pretty new. Mm-hmm. And like, especially yeah, like sure. doing it as a business full time, there's not a whole lot on it. Like I'm currently reading my way through. So um, I think it's called, so you want to make a podcast mm-hmm. and I'm finding it really helpful, but just kind of reading through it. It's, I don't know if it's quite geared towards someone who works part-time at a bookstore who is doing it all by themselves in their room. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. There aren't really many good resources out there for that, which is unfortunate. So hopefully we'll be able to help fill that gap. Podcasting is such a fun thing to get into, but it's really difficult. Like low barrier of entry means it's easy to get into, but it's hard to keep up with and to be successful at it. Yeah. Much less making money at it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anybody can load up a free program and, you know, drop their recorded audio into it, but there's a lot more that goes into it. Like knowing when to add music and how to make the music not overlap with the actual audio uh, through, you know, ducking and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of different techniques to it. And I think by having this resource that we're working on now to really take people from the very first step of like, hey, this is a waveform all the way down to like panning left and right and you know, using envelopes to adjust volume and all that kind of stuff. So there's lots and lots of lessons that we have to teach. And I think it's going to be really good. I look forward to that because with some of those sentences, I recognize some of those words individually. <laughs> Still have no idea what you're talking about. Yep. No, it's okay. <laughs> I've just made up half that sentence while I was talking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah. I was about to say, I feel like I've heard those words yeah, in, that in that order. Before. Yep. I just... <laughs> <laughs> but so what are some of the other challenges you face, like both in like production and business side of things? You know, if I'm looking at it from a business standpoint, everybody wants uh, everything done very um, inexpensively because this medium is still pretty new and not highly established. Uh, you know, when somebody asks for an episode put together and you quote them 160 to $240 per episode, they're like, yeah, hell no, I can do this in my basement, you know? Uh, so that's kind and of why don't you do it in your basement? Exactly. Yeah. I would love to see you try. It's kind of that mentality of that, like, it's still too fringe to where people want to pay for it. Um, but if you're really looking at like the medium and how it's growing and, you know, getting a quality product out there, that's going to be beneficial for either growing your audience or growing your brand. It's going to be really important to have people that know what they're doing on this side of things. And so working with some people who are looking to get into making audio drama, especially adaptations, you know, they'll approach me and say like, hey, I loved how I died. I know like I could probably walk my way through some of this stuff, but you've done it already. So can you help me produce this? And that's been one of the best things that I've run into is just like not even just paid clients, but people who will come up to me and, and ask questions or like uh, I'm a member of the Audio Fiction Network Discord. And so, you know, sometimes we'll do little tutorials and writing tips and all that kind of stuff in there. Uh, they have the live table read every week or so which is really awesome to do too because you get a bunch of people who are working on that kind of stuff and you can say yeah this is great in a script but if we're working in an audio only format it's not really going to translate that well and so i you keep asking me about challenges and i just keep spinning it and saying all the things i love about it but it really is that like (laughs) because there's such a low barrier to entry um a lot of people just want to do it you know, themselves, which completely understand if you want to learn how to do all this stuff, go for it. I mean, I learned how to do all this stuff from scratch too. But at the same time, there are, 
there are people who are very experienced with this kind of stuff. And if you're approaching them and asking them to work on something, I think everybody needs to be paid fairly for this kind of thing. Even if it's a new medium, if you're trying to get, you know, somebody to put together an episode for you for 50 bucks or 50 bucks for a full season. Like it's just, (laughs) it's just not, yeah, no, it's really not (laughs) respecting their time. It's not respecting their skill. If you want a $50 season put together, you're going to get $50 season quality, which is unfortunate. Um, But if you want something that sounds really good and the effort is there, I mean, you're looking at anywhere from like a minimum 10 hours per episode all the way up to, you know, potentially 40 plus hours of editing per episode depending on how much in the nitty-gritty you want to get you know and like by talking through this kind of stuff with other creators um the people of like uncanny county uh if you're familiar with that podcast we had them on to our interview uh show a little while ago uh they said that they usually spend about 60 hours per episode just editing that's not including writing and acting and all that stuff um the the late Kevin's cryptids, we talked to them too. They were spending hundreds of hours in the studio and out of the studio putting all this stuff together for single episodes. And so it's a crazy amount of work that goes into this. And while I I, I like greatly respect anybody that wants to get in here and anyone who can put together their own audio drama, if you really want to get into doing this or have someone do it for you, you really need to respect the amount of time that it takes. And I think that's the thing for audiences too, is that those, you know listen to something and think that it doesn't take much effort to put together when in reality you're spending dozens of hours hundreds of hours on a podcast season uh behind the scenes and then people consume it for free and don't do anything with it or don't support the show and then they they want more of it and it's like there are all these creators that are doing this completely for free and so it's it's very hard yeah, even with my stuff, because right now all I'm doing is interviewing. It still takes, depending on how long an episode is, about three hours to edit it all. And that's just like cleaning up the audio, removing all the ums and pauses and repeats and fixing it so we're not talking over each other and mm-hmm. just making it sound nice. I did one this morning and it only took two hours, but that's because the interview only went about half an hour. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Even the interview side, like you said, spending just the time moving around the audio like that. And then if you're getting into the audio drama side of it, adding in sound effects and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of tracks of things. I just got done working with a client uh, for their custom podcast and it's, it's 10 episodes. And by the 10th episode, we had over 250 tracks in this file. And so I mean, maybe, maybe 20 of them. Yeah. Maybe 20 of them were uh, actual voice lines. So you're looking at about 200 um, different Foley pieces. That's impressive. It's crazy. I mean, you probably don't need to go that extensive. Uh, I've talked to creators who will say things like, Oh yeah, I've got like 15 lines of, of Foley in there. And I'm like, are you putting multiple effects on the same track? Because how are you having 15 sound effects per episode? <laughs> you know, when I'm sitting there adding in like, I'm like, Ooh, this little tiny uh, clothing ruffle needs to be at minute uh, four with 16 seconds, you know? So like, it really depends how in the nitty gritty you want to get. And I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way to do it. Cause like, the first episode of How I Died took me probably close to a hundred and some hours to put together because I was both inexperienced and because there are, are 150 tracks in that episode alone. 
wow. <laughs> it's crazy. And you can't even hear most of them, which is the thing. Like if you're listening in a car, you're going to miss probably 80%. If you're listening with headphones, you'll probably pick up um, maybe 75% of all of them. Because there's just subtle little things that you add in the background on top of other effects. Um, and this is something that Hollywood audio producers do for movies is that they'll add sound effects into things that you can't audibly pick up when you're listening to something in a movie theater. But if you're listening with headphones, you might hear it a little bit better, but it's all about that subconscious where your mind is still adding the sound effects in there. So you'll hear like very, very, very faint clothing rustles or like a bubble in, uh, you know, somebody's drink as they put a soda down on the table and like you won't notice it in the thing but that's the kind of sound effects that they'll add in there so that it just feels like it's completely real to your brain and that's the kind of mentality i went into how i died with um i have i think 16 i want to say 16 different types of clothing sounds um and then there are broken up amongst four different tracks and then each one pans on different sides and it moves and fluctuates in volume depending on the location of the microphone from the person's body right and so i'm going through there sitting like is this the right ruffle that would make that sound when he moves his arm or is this the right one that would make this sound when he's walking across the lab and so the like i said you're not going to pick up on a lot of them but but it's there for that subconscious element and i think it adds to the immersion a little bit I did notice because I I listened to I listened to podcasts a lot in the car, but I listened to How I Died a lot. Well, either just like I had it playing on my phone, like setting right next to me, or I listened to it with headphones, and mm -hmm. and all the times it did, I could kind of feel where the scene was in a way. Yeah, that was the goal. I'm glad it worked, <laughs> especially being my first time trying yeah. something like that. Where do you get all these sound effects from? Like, where do you record all these on your own? Is there, are there places that you can find it? And there's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, for some custom ones, I have just done them with a field recorder next to whatever object I needed. Um, so a lot of the sounds that you'll hear in How I Died, there's like little surgery sounds or like the, uh, the bones cracking and things like that. Um, I actually used vegetables and fruit with a field recorder right next to it. So uh, if you hear the surgery squishes were made with a tomato <laughs> uh, and I either, I either took the tomato and like cut it really slowly with a, a dull blade to kind of get that squish or I squished it in my hand or like up against a, uh, a cutting board for all those different squish type effects. And then in the last episode of how I died, you'll hear that um, it's sort of like a bone crunching sound that's actually made with celery. And so you just kind of crunch down on celery really slowly and it makes that sound effect. And so there are a lot of cool little things you can do like this. Um, but if you don't have your own microphone uh, that's high quality enough to get good sound effects, you can also use some of the resources that are there online, which we've definitely used in How I Died because I can't make all the sound effects by myself. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in there that's been really, really helpful. Uh, there's freesound.org. Uh, obviously, as the name implies, you can get free sound effects on there. A lot of them you'll need to use some sort of <clears throat> excuse me, some sort of attribution. Uh, but if you search by the Creative Commons zeros, you don't need to use attribution. You're able to edit the audio sound effects to however you want them to sound, which is really nice. Uh, it's a smaller library, but there's still a lot of good stuff on there. Um, and then if you have the option for paying for sound effects, you can buy individual sound packs which can get expensive and I don't usually um, advise unless it's something very specific. Uh, but you can use something like Zapsplat, 
which is a database of like dozens and tens of thousands of audio clips, um, and they only charge $20 a year. So it's a really cheap subscription, and you can get access to all of these with no attribution. And there's some really unique ones on there, too. Specifically for a client that I was working with, uh, it's like a, a magical-based show, right? So like people casting spells, mm. and you'll type in lightning spell, and they'll, there will be, um, you know, 50 different types of lightning spells that you can look through. And because I paid $20 a year for it, I have access to all of them and just download all of them. So this episode is brought to you by Zapsplat. Uh, head over there and check it out. I love the name and I love the fact that it's $20 a year because that, that's not bad at all. No, it's really, really good. Um, I just discovered them recently, actually. I didn't use them for How I Died, but I've used them for some client stuff, and their sound effects are very high quality. Uh, freesound.org is all user-submitted sounds. This is all um, like high-quality, uh, kind of like custom Foley type and thing. And then you also, as I know, you have friends who do, who do awesome music stuff. Yeah, so we were lucky enough to have some people that um, I've gotten to work with on these last things that that make music, which is really awesome. Silent Mike uh, at silentmikemusic.com, who has done all of the music for How I Died. He did the intro song, and he's going to do a bunch of the other ones coming up in the mini series in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got the podcast doctor that I mentioned earlier, who uh, also does music for a lot of different audio dramas too, which is a lot of fun. Um, and so these guys have been hard at work on some music stuff behind the scenes and we're having some custom music created for clients. And it's been really cool to be able to offer that, especially because these are guys that want to do this full time as well. And like by me finding clients that are interested in this stuff, I'm able to pay them to do something that they love to do, which is really Yeah. Really cool. I've got um, a friend that did the music for both my podcasts. His, um, his name is PC. As far as I know, like he taught himself how to do a lot of the music stuff and, for both of these, I was like, "This is the like, this is what I'm doing. Here's my rough draft of a trailer, and this is a kind of general feel that I want." And then he'd be like, "Here, how's this?" And with the one for Tales of Adventure, I loved it, and I was like, "Can you take like 30 seconds?" He gave me a minute thing, so I was like, "Can you take 30 seconds of that and like add like a little more gravitas to it?" I didn't even know what I wanted. The next day he sent me something back and I was just sitting like my jaw dropped. I had my like I had my hands in front of my face. It's just like holy cow. <laughs> wow. So people who can do that are amazing. Yeah, I have no musical talent whatsoever. So like watching somebody <laughs> create music from nothing is an insane talent. It's so so cool. I think I think I actually shared some of his music on one of the channels. And the stories made mm-hmm. of sound thing, the, yeah. the Hall of the Mountain King. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song so much. <laughs> so do you have any other advice for people looking to start out getting into podcasting or audio dramas? Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing, there are, there are two things that I, I really love to talk to people about, right? There's the fear of getting started, which I think is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously for any, yeah, for any creative, when you're working on something like you might feel afraid to, to publish it out. Right. So maybe you're anxious that you don't have enough skill to work on this, or you don't feel like you're really qualified to do that kind of thing. And I was in that exact same spot a year ago when I first started working on this project. And like, I still consider myself vastly unqualified to put out 
you know the productions that I'm able to do, but I've been lucky enough to to learn along the way. And I, I think for anybody who's looking to get started on this, you've just kind of got to throw yourself in and just say, I'm going to get started on this. I'm not going to worry about that fear of, you know, it not being good enough or anything like that. It's, it's an art just like anything else. My wife is an art teacher and she always tries to get people to not try to compare themselves to, to others when they're working on their art. You know, it's not about that fear of like, mine isn't as good as theirs. That's not something that you should ever say to yourself. It's more about mine is mine. You know, it's your art. It's your expression. So just get started on it. Even if you never actually publish it, if you put it together and you let two or three or four of your friends listen to it, just that feeling of creating something and then having something, someone listen to it and enjoy it is just such a great feeling that it should hopefully, you know, inspire you to keep going and maybe publish it out to some other people and put it online and get some feedback and things like that. Discoverability is hard. So you want to just let people that you know take a listen to it and they'll they'll tell you what they think and you know the other hard part is feedback is obviously once you create this thing it's your baby it's out in the world and you don't want to hear anybody say anything bad about the hard work that you put in um but i think as long as you keep that mindset that it's your creation and you're doing it because you love it even if people have things to say about it that is you know not what you want to hear or it's not maybe it's critical or maybe it's even irrelevant. They can, you know, rant about something silly that has nothing to do with you, but they take it out on your podcast, you know, like it's a fear of being creative, but at some point, if you're really passionate about it and this is something that you want to do, you've got to try it. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to exist. You can always make it better later. Oh yeah. And it's all a learning process. I mean, how I died season two is going to sound so much better than season one that I actually hate li- listening to and thinking about season one right now. And I want to redo it just because it sounds so much better. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for season two. Yeah. So am I, I can't wait to share it with you guys. Especially with that cliffhanger it, you left us on. Yeah. Big cliffhanger. And you saw the season two cover art, right? Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. I love it. I love that cover art. It's so good. Just like, it's so great, but it's so creepy. And I'm just like, I I, I need it. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. We've got the mini series coming up too. That's focused on Sheriff Crowley from her perspective. So it's been really, really cool to kind of write in a different format and get inside of her head. It's going to be fantastic. Remind me again, is that mini series set within the time period of How I Died or is it outside of it? It's in the same time period. So it runs parallel to the last few episodes of the first season, uh-huh. which is interesting. So we get to we get to see more of exactly what she thinks about John. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, sort of. He's uh, actually not in the first part of this miniseries. I wanted to keep him out of it. So it was really her story, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be broken up into two parts. So we'll get part one now in between season one and season two of How I Died. And then we'll get part two uh, in between season two and three. And season, or excuse me, part two is going to have John in it uh, so that you get a little bit more of the thoughts about him. I'm really looking forward to that because I just, it's going to be great. She's going to shred him to pieces, I have a feeling. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. And, like, hearing it from a different perspective and being able to write inside someone's head, it's a vastly different format than How I Died. Like, How I Died is all single, continuous scene. If they move anywhere, it's not a scene cut. It's all the exact same Mm -hmm. thing. 
Um, whereas with this mini series, uh, I broke it up into scenes, obviously, and like we're jumping through different time and like time passes, and and we're inside Crowley's head while she's like thinking about certain things, and events are happening outside of her. It's really interesting. It's really fun. I'm looking forward to that because I do like Crowley. I like her a lot. She's grown on me. Mm-hmm. It should be really fun. Yeah. So, how many seasons do you have planned out for How I Died Again? Oh, jeez. So I've got four main seasons planned out, um, and then two spin-off seasons, which are going to be coming after the main ones are finished. Giddy. Yeah, and so like back on what I said in the very beginning of this interview of talking about you know doing a one-off easy podcast <laughs> for practice, how I died has turned into this thing that like I love it and I I want to tell the story and I want to keep going and I didn't plan that initially. I just thought it was going to be this you know, practice thing that wasn't going to get any attention and I wasn't really going to be super invested into. But and then about halfway through actually producing it when I was like, no, this is going to be good. Like we need to make it good is when I really fell in love. And then when we put it out and we've seen so many people enjoy it, it's just been really, really cool. I, I know that feeling with that short story I've been working on for the past couple of days. It's connected to the story idea that I've been playing with for a couple of years now first i wanted to make it a game and i thought maybe i'll make it a book and now i'm thinking maybe i'll make it an audio drama but since i need writing samples don't really have anything sci-fi i thought it'd be good to sort of use the premise as a short story to use for a writing sample and i was thinking it'll be like a couple pages i had to stop myself at page seven and i wanted to keep going but mm-hmm. i was like well first off i don't I hadn't planned super far into the story. Like I, I can't not have a basic plot outline of where I'm going. I can't pants my way through it. It just, it does not work. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> I'm definitely a planner. I'm like, some of it will get pantsed, of course, but I have to know where I'm going. Otherwise, I forget why I'm even bothering. <laughs> yeah. The Crowley miniseries that I had talked about was originally supposed to be three or it was originally supposed to be one episode, like a normal 25 to 30 minute length episode. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I want to tell this story. Let's make it three 30 minute episodes. And then I started writing it. um, And when I got on page 64 of episode one (laughs) was when I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, now it's broken up into a two part long series so each part's probably going to be about an hour when you're writing this do you write it in the usual screenplay format or because like I, I don't know what format do you use when you're scripting an audio drama so i actually use a program called celtics and it's really really crappy and i don't recommend anyone use it crashes all the time and it's actually not a format that's like a real one it's their proprietary format um, there's an actual BBC audio drama format that's highly recommended, and then there's a script format that differs. Um, but this one that I use is like in between both of them. But personally, I don't really care about format. I just need to get the thoughts out because when I'm directing it and I'm, you know, putting these lines together, it doesn't matter if something is indented correctly to me. It doesn't matter if the sound effects are underlined and in all caps. Like you can write in a Word document as long as you write it out. 
Uh, and I think a lot of people get too obsessed with the format. And I'm not saying format doesn't matter because you want it to be easy to understand for your actors. And if you present this to anyone else who's actually producing it, yeah, format definitely. matters. But if you're working on your own, just write it. Just write it how it feels right. And if you need to re re go back and redo it, uh, use the BBC format. Don't use Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually do all of my writing on my phone because I'm usually like so busy with everything that as soon as I think of an idea, I'll write a couple lines and then, you know, save it and close it. And having a, like this app on my phone, just being able to pop it open and do all that stuff has been really nice. Yeah. I have a notepad on my phone where I jot stuff down. I opened it just kind of scrolling through and was like, wait, where did all of this? What, how long, when did I come up with this? Where did this come from? <laughs> Sometimes you get ideas from the weirdest of places too. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. So I definitely like writing on my phone. Plus, I uh, am usually pretty free in whatever I'm doing. So if I can just pop up the app and write a couple lines and then continue later, it's really nice. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I currently can't. Maybe in the future, but right now, technically can't. Mm -hmm. So how I first found out about your personal server was um, Chroma Shummy a story made of sound mm -hmm. you maybe want to brag about that or share about that a little bit uh so you're talking about the actual like website yes. program type of thing yeah. yeah so a story made of sound is another podcast series that i'm launching hopefully soon um and each what it is is each season is going to be from a different creator and so it's essentially like an anthology but we want to since we know how to produce this stuff, we have myself and we have audio engineers that already have the knowledge. What we've offered to do for people is that if they can bring us a script and uh, help us work on this, we can make your audio drama completely for free. And so it's going to be a higher quality piece um, for a lot of indie creators. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go and create your own. I'm saying if you want it to be, um, you know, if you want it to be professionally produced and don't have a budget to put towards this, uh, that's the type of thing that we want to help out with. Because there are tons of great stories out there that people aren't able to tell just because they either don't have the experience to put together the audio or they don't have the budget to pay someone or find actors to put it all together for them. And so we want to be able to make it come alive. And so the a Story Made of Sound program is essentially like a grant publishing program. Uh, where we'll work together to make the story into an actual podcast for you, uh, usually completely for free for the creator. And the reason we're hosting all of them under the same podcast feed is because we can highlight different stories and expose them to an audience that's already pre-established. Uh, if you're creating your very first audio drama, discoverability is going to be hard. It's not mm -hmm. uncommon to have a couple hundred of listeners per episode, uh, especially for the first couple months that you're actually putting them out. And so because we have this audience already established on this existing podcast feed, you're looking at a couple thousand listeners right off of the bat, which is really, really nice. Um, and then obviously the, the IP ownership and everything belongs to you. It's your story. We're not trying to take it from you. So after your season of uh, a story made of sound ends and it airs, you're free to take that and continue to grow it however you want, you know? Yeah, I, I actually, I like that a lot. What inspired you to do that? It kind of came from 
my own experience when trying to put together an audio drama. Um, when I was working on How I Died, like I said, I was really inexperienced with this kind of stuff. And so I kept trying to find someone else who wanted to work on it with me. Uh, someone else who either knew how to do audio editing or knew how to do production or had run a, a theater or something like that that had cast and recorded and all that. And it was just really hard to find people to do that. Like, I'm a, a writer by trade, and this is what I like to do. And so learning the rest of it, it took me that nine months of really hard work to put it all together. And I think if there was a system where I could have just said like, hey guys, I have this great story that I want to tell. Uh, can someone help me make it? And have it be a reality would have been really, really nice. And because I've gone through this process a bunch of different times now with different audio dramas, I think I'm in a position to where you know I can provide some useful help for everybody else that wants to make this into a reality. Yeah. So how do people listening sign up to be a part of this? So a story made of sound.com including everything it's a story made of sound like all the way out uh which is kind of a long url that i'll probably end up fixing or something at some point um, but if you go to that website you can see uh some little bit more about the the series uh and you'll get a lot of the info that i just stated here like how it works how we do it behind the scenes the the fact that you'll still own the ip all of that stuff and there's essentially just a contact form on there that says hey i want to make my podcast can you help uh, and the answer is most likely going to be yes. So if you just fill out that form and let us know that you're interested, uh, I can either work with you on getting the scripts made, if that's something you're struggling with and you need someone to review and uh, give you some tips for what works in sound versus what works in visual, I'm happy to do that. And we've come to we've had people come to us with scripts that are already written. And so if they're already written, we can just get right to work with um, finding a cast and figuring out how we can actually produce it. And so there's a bunch of different stages where you can just kind of drop in and say, hey, I need help with this. And we're going to be like, okay, we have time to help with this. I'm not quitting my full-time job right now. So it's not like I need to always make money from working on this stuff. So I'm happy to do it, uh, you know, because I enjoy it and because I love it. Not quitting your full-time job yet. Yeah, yet. Hopefully soon. but. Uh, my wife is going back to uh, grad school, so it's going to be a couple of years before we are financially stable enough. I'll get there, though. Is there anything else you would like to plug? No, I think that's just about it. Um, if you love audio dramas and you want to talk about them or help create your own or are looking for help to create your own, jump into the uh, A Story Made of Sound Discord. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Audio Media or at How I Died Pod. Uh, and the Discord links are on all of those. So definitely check, it, check us out. We're always talking about audio dramas. We're always talking about podcasts that we love. And we're always talking about random stuff as well. So It's a unique group of people. They, seem, they may be a little weird at first, but they're fantastic people <laughs> i was gonna say i think we have a lot of fun we have a, a close-knit group of people who are doing this right now and i just want to keep it growing and you know include everybody that i can yeah, and i'll i'll include one of your links in the show notes whichever one you want to include An Incomplete Guide to World Domination is directed and produced by Brianna Toybert as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. Music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. You can find more of his work at chesterstudios.net. 
If you would like to help support our show, you can find us at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. For more information on the other shows produced by Pseudonym Social, please check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com.